Okay, we're carrying on our series in Ephesians. If you've got a Bible, um, can you, you can find Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15 to 23. The words will be on your screen, don't worry, as we read it. But um, before, before I begin, just a few book recommendations for you. If you're wanting to work through Ephesians, because we're going to be in Ephesians for a few months, uh, and so perhaps there's some kind of resources you'd want to kind of work through uh, as we go through. This one here, uh, there we go. Um, that's Tom Wright's Paul for Everyone, really great. And that includes Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians and Philemon. Um, really kind of simple overview of, uh, of Ephesians, really, really helpful. I found that great. If you want to dig in a little deeper, then John Stott's, uh, the Bible Speaks Today, John Stott's Message of Ephesians. That's a great one as well, a bit meatier, uh, kind of get you into the text a little bit more. Uh, and then this one, which is... Uh, uh, Ralph Grubb has actually recommended this one to me. It's, it's not so much a commentary, more of declarations using um, uh, passages from Ephesians uh, with actually um, um, artwork done by local artist Julia Powell, believe it or not, if you know Julia, in Stockton. Uh, and uh, that one's called Boundless by Matt Redding, uh, more of a kind of devotional one based on the book of Ephesians. So some resources there for you if that helps. Okay, so uh, this morning, as I said, we're carrying on with our series in Ephesians, Dunamis. Dunamis. Uh, no, it's not the name that uh, some posh parents have given their kid. You know, Dunamis is doing so well at school at the moment. No, it's the Greek word for power. And it's one of the words that is used in Ephesians uh, a number of times for God's power. Uh, and some Bibles uh, head up this passage that we're looking at this morning as thanksgiving and prayer, uh, because that's what it is. This is, this is Paul's prayer for, for the Ephesians. And I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version, because last, like last week, it, it's almost like this whole passage is just one long sentence. There's, there's, you know, there's no, there's no uh, full stops or anything in that. It just kind of goes on, and we kind of get a feel for Paul's passion uh, and his, in his prayer. So I'm going to read it from the ESV. And what I want us to see this morning is that God's dunamis power, his powerful presence, his power is not simply something out there. It's not simply for other people. God's power is for you and for me. So let's read this passage together. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Which, uh, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him 
who fills all in all. So Paul starts with thanksgiving. It's a great place to start, isn't it? Actually, our culture often doesn't get us to start there when we're thinking about things, does it? Actually, our culture is, you know, what more can I get? I want to get more. What more can I have? What more can I get? But actually, that's why praying the prayers in the Bible are so good for us, because it aligns us correctly with, with things like thanksgiving. We come with thankful hearts, not simply, what more can I get for myself? But I'm thankful for all that he has given me and all he is to me. I, I love how Ola last week prayed from, um, read a Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, enter his gates with thanksgiving, it says. You know, we lift our eyes to God when we give thanks and we look to him. Perhaps you're a new Christian here this morning. You think, where do I start when I start to pray? I don't know where to start. Hey, start with thanksgiving, like Paul starts with here. That's a great place to start. And what is Paul thankful for? Well, he's thankful for these Christians in Ephesus. And then he tells us what he's praying for. Uh, and, and, you know, this follows on from last week from Gavin, as Gavin talked about um, all those blessings that we have in Christ. And now he's, he's following on from that, praying that they would have wisdom and revelation to know those things, to know God better. He wants them to see with the eyes of their heart, not simply just to have more information, more facts in their head, but to see with the eyes of their heart. To grasp what is true about them. And he wants them to see with their eyes of their heart three things. And we're going we're to look at three things this morning. I'm going to summarise the first two, and then we're going to focus on the third. Firstly, he wants them to see the hope to which God has called them. But if you're a Christian here this morning, do you know what? God has called you. He hasn't just called some Christians. He hasn't just called leaders. Um, he hasn't just called those with dramatic testimonies. No, he's called you and I. Each one of us is called. He's called because he's chosen us. It wasn't just that he got lumped with us. We were like the leftovers that he had to uh, take on. Neither are we called because actually you had some special talents that he couldn't do without. Think of what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul says, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise. Not many of you were powerful. But God chose the foolish things to shame the wise. He chose the weak things to shame the strong. Listen, there is a hope for our future. Why? Why? Because it's not down to us. It's down to God and his calling of us. Secondly, the riches of his glorious inheritance. This is what Gav talked a little bit about this last week. And, but here in this uh, verse, he's, Paul is probably pointing to God's inheritance. Now that sounds strange, doesn't it? God's inheritance. Well, God, God has everything. God is the creator of all things. Why would God need an inheritance? Why would God have an inheritance? Well, do you know what? You and I, we are God's treasured possession. We're his inheritance. Listen, this is what it says in Psalm, uh, Psalm 2. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. That's a prophetic psalm. It's a prophetic psalm of all that Jesus, uh, all that Jesus will achieve and all that God will do through his Messiah, Jesus. Listen, God will have a people 
for himself, a people made of all different tribes and nations and ethnicities. It's wonderful. And do you know what? We look out in our world today, even as we look in the Middle East and you know, dreadful things that are happening um, in that part of the world, even today in our, in our news today, um, particularly in Israel and, and with the Palestinians. And, you know, we need, to pray. we need to pray for that situation. We need to pray for all involved. It's complicated. And yet it's a, a reminder that God's plan was never simply for one people and simply for one land, but that from that people, from that land, that God would draw all people to himself. God would have a people from all different nations. You know, we get a flavour of that in Jubilee, don't we? We're so blessed to have people from different nations, from different backgrounds. If, uh, you know, it's, it's wonderful to be a people made up of all different tribes and languages, uh, uh, displaying the glory of God, the power of God, the wisdom of God. You know, we get to share in his inheritance in that, don't we? And, you know, I, that's why it's so wonderful to be together, to gather together. And as we do that, we gather together as different tribes and nations and backgrounds and languages to worship King Jesus. So, so I'm so looking forward to getting together again because we get to do that and be that together. So if, if calling is kind of focused on the past and inheritance is, is kind of focusing ultimately on the, on the future, what Paul tells us also, how we, what helps us to live in the presence, in the present. And it's this, the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. There's that word, dynamis, power. But it's not just any power, it's immeasurable greatness. It's kind of, it's off the scale greatness. It's, I can't measure this surpassing greatness. And Paul is saying, Christians, that's the power that is at work in you. There's a problem though, there's a problem. Too, too many of us, we just don't, we don't recognise that. We think, well, that's, do you know what, that's for... That's for other countries. That's for other people. That's for maybe other times, but not me. But listen, we can be confident. Why? Why can we be confident? Because it's rooted in the most important event in history. It's rooted in God's plan to restore and redeem all things. Listen, we read it, didn't we? Uh, I think it's from verse 19, to grasp the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. It's rooted in the death and resurrection of Jesus and what theologians call the, the ascension and the exaltation. For some of us, we might be less familiar with those types of um, phrases and, and the ascension and the exaltation, but, but it's this, it's where is Jesus now? Jesus is in heaven. Jesus, the God-man, has entered heaven on our behalf and he's gone to the place where we will one day be. And he is seated 
He's seated at the right hand of God, far above all powers and dominions. Jesus was victorious at the cross. That's why he is seated. It's kind of like, do you know what? We might sit after doing a, uh, being, after being satisfied that we've done a good job of something. Perhaps, you know, you've done a good job around the house and you might sit in satisfaction. You've done your coursework or your work well and you might sit in satisfaction. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Listen, the cross was enough. There was enough. God was satisfied. The cross was enough to bring you and I to God. And now he is the exalted king, king over creation, king over every power. See, there were powers around the Ephesians. There were powers all around them. You know, they had the great goddess Artemis in their city. Um, uh, who had, there was a huge temple to this goddess. You know, there was the power of the Roman Empire all around them and empire wor- emperor worship and all that kind of stuff. You know, for, for many in that city, it was, you know, we've got to keep all these different powers happy. We've got, to, we've got to base our lives on them. But Paul is saying this. Paul is saying, no, no, no. No power in the world and no force that stands against God is greater than the power that we receive when we become Christians. And you know what? That's the same for you and for I too. So, so how does this power help us? Well, I think it helps us in three particular ways that I think are particularly pertinent for our days today, particularly as we come out of lockdown. I think this power helps us to trust in the midst of difficulty. You know, I got that sense as, uh, as Shirley was praying and prophesying uh, amongst us this morning. You know, that, that, you know we've, we face difficulties, don't we? You know, and things we might have relied upon for power before have kind of been stripped away, been stripped back. And yet, do you know what? There is a power, a power that cannot be stopped. There's a power that cannot be stopped. See, what difficulties are you going through right now? Maybe it's financial difficulties. Maybe it's relational difficulties. Maybe physical difficulties. Listen, there's a power at work in you. Yes, possibly to see those situations miraculously change, but certainly to help you walk through faithfully those situations and definitely for those situations not to define you, but for you to be defined by being a child of God and having his power in you. Listen, don't fall for the lie that those things are more powerful than the power of God. It's not true. He is with you and he helps us in the midst of difficulty. You know, even thinking about sickness and death, a lot of us have come perhaps even closer um, than before in this, in this pandemic to, to the reality that we're not invincible, <laughs> that we're not as invincible as we once thought, uh, that, uh, that, you know, we've come close to mortality. But this passage tells us that, you know what, there is a king who has defeated death. We don't need to fear. We don't need to fear the power of death has been broken. Secondly, I think this, uh, this power helps us to deal with sin. See, like the Ephesians, you know, there are idols and powers around us today that, that entice us, that entice us to build our lives on them, that entice us to find our identity in them. 
powers all around us. You know, maybe it's individualism, my happiness, my pleasure. That's what's meant to count. Maybe it's appearance, you know, how I look and how I appear to other people. Maybe it's success, how I can be successful in life, what I can gain, what I can achieve. Listen, perhaps there's areas in your life you know aren't God's best for you. Maybe over this lockdown period, there's been things that have perhaps crept in. You know, do you know what? I know that's not God's best for me. I know I've, I've started to build an identity. I've started to put those things in place of God. Where God, see, that's a great, that's a great um, definition of sin, isn't it? When we put other things in place of God, where God is meant to be in our lives. And we put other things in his place. We choose other things instead. But this, this next chapter, as we go on into Ephesians chapter 2, we'll go on to next week, says, look, you used to be under a different power. You used to be under a power, the power of sin, uh, a different ruler. And you know what sin said? You did. You had no choice. But now you're a Christian. There's a new power at work in you. It's a power to say no to sin. It's a power to live for God. It's a power to um, believe in him and trust in him and put him before those other idols, before those other things. Why would I build my identity and my worth on these things when my identity and my worth is found in God and his great power in my life and at work in me? Okay, thirdly, I believe this power helps us to join in God's mission. I loved last Tuesday. I loved, I loved the last Tuesday disciple evening. You know, when we heard from Caroline, from um, Darlington Food Bank, and from Shirley as well, and just hearing different stories of God at work in people's lives, that God's on a mission drawing people to himself, and stories of sharing the love of God with those around us. So, so, we, so listen, if, if the same spirit is at work in us that raised Christ from the dead, listen, there's a connection there. There's a connection between God's spirit in us and his great story of redemption and rescue. Do you see it? There's a power that, there's a power that raised Christ and seated him as a missional thing on his great work to restore and redeem all things. And that's the same power that's in you and in I. There's a king on the throne who's in charge of all things. And we have the great privilege of being ones who go and proclaim this king and his kingdom to the world around us. See, his power in us is so that we might be transformed, yes. And that so we might take a message of transforming power out to those around us. Get involved in his great plan, his great plan of seeing people and communities and all things finding their joy and healing in him of entering into this new kingdom. Whether that's in our workplaces, whether that's in our families, whether that's at school or college or university, we get to join in God's great mission. It's in the way we serve people. It's in the way we share this wonderful message of God's love. This is a different kind of power, isn't it? It's a different kind of power to the the power we see in the world. You know, this is a power of love and of self-sacrifice 
and of truth and of kindness. That is the power that we go in to the world around us. See, that's the, that's the call of the church. That's been the call of the church for 2,000 years. It's the call of the church today. You know, I was just thinking about uh, different situations. I've seen that power at work. And uh, I remember going to Romania, visiting Romania some 20 years ago and visiting churches in Romania. That, that, that nation had been a communist nation uh, up until um, uh, recently before I visited. And, uh, you know, the church there had been persecuted. Um, pastors were, were finding themselves being locked up and Christians were put under immense pressure in their communities. Communist regime just saw God as irrelevant, powerless. But as I met Christians, and they told me of that time under communism, you know, they told me stories of how they faithfully trusted in the power that was at work in them, the power of God, and how they, in the midst of that regime, they worshipped Jesus. They taught their children to worship God. They served those around them. They lived for a different power. And ultimately, that communist regime was no power against the power of God compared to the immeasurable greatness of God's power in them. Listen, perhaps you're from a nation where that same could be said. That is true, believe it or not, for every and any power that stands against God. Jesus is seated. Jesus is far above all power and dominion and every name, any other name, in this age and the age to come. He's king and his power is at work in you and I. So as we end, as we end, I want us to pray. I want us to have a time of prayer and I want, to, I want our hearts to be enlightened, as, as Paul uses that phrase. I want our hearts to be enlightened. I want us to know the immeasurable greatness of his power that's at work in us. You know, I think particularly for these three areas that I've touched on in terms of power, I believe that's, that they are going to be key as we come out of lockdown into, um, uh, into a, almost a new world, as it were, into uh, the places that we find ourselves. I believe, you know, God is, is giving us power. His power is at work in us in the midst of difficulty and trial, in the area of sin and living for God in the midst of powers around us. Uh, and also um, to be on God's mission as we share God's love with those around us, as we live for him and serve others around us. So I want us just to pray. And do you know what? If you, if you sense this morning that um, perhaps one of those areas rings true for you right now, uh, you just know that, do you know, I'm going through some difficulty right now and I need to know God's, I need, to, I need the eyes of my heart to be enlightened to, to God's power in me. Listen, just, just raise your hands or hold out your hands or something like that. If you know that there's just areas of your life that you just need to get right with God, you think, do you know what, I've let sin get the better of me in this situation, but do you know what, there's a greater power in me. I don't need to choose that sin. I can choose God. I can choose his way. Perhaps you want to just lift out your hands as well. Or, or maybe you know, do you know what, I, I, 
I, I know in this area of my life, I'm called to God's mission and you know, maybe it's your work or your college or your family and, and you know, do you know what? I just need to know afresh that God's power is at work in me in that situation, in that place, so that I might live for him and share his love. Why don't you just lift your, your hands now and we'll pray. And you know, if you're not, if you haven't lifted your hands, why don't you just lift out your hands to people and, and pray for them, pray God's blessing for them. Father God, we wanna thank you for your goodness. We wanna thank you that that same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at your right hand, far above every power and name and dominion, is the same power that is at work in us. And we pray that our hearts would, uh, the eyes of our hearts would, would see afresh that power that's at work in us. Lord, help us in the midst of the difficulties we may be going through. Help us to be ruthless when we see you know, areas in our lives that don't line up with your goodness, where we know there's sin that's crept in. Lord, help us to powerfully choose you. Help us all in our mission, in the mission you've given us, as the mission that we go on with you as we share your love and your light with those around us. Lord, help us. We look to you, we really do look to you as we go into all that you're bringing us into, all you're bringing churches around this world into. God, help us to go trusting in your power at work in us, your dunamis power, powerfully transforming us and going out to those around us. Thank you, Jesus, you're with us. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us. Thank you, Jesus, that we can be secure in your love and in your power. Amen. Amen.